Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Our nation's founding forefathers wanted America's churches to be free, to be the conscience of our nation. And so they created a wall of separation that was intended to keep government from invading and controlling the church. A little bit of a history explanation as we begin this edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. And I'm Mike Trout. He's been in the book of Acts for most of this series, talking about what he's called the signs of the times, describing those events which will take place prior to Christ's return. We need to be aware of what those events are and be watching for them. He's in the 19th chapter of Acts, right around the 25th verse, if you want to follow along. Here's Pastor Layton. Now, Paul's traveling companions have been dragged into the theater. Paul wanted to join them, but the other disciples begged him not to go. Now, Paul was fearless. Uh, On more than one occasion, he was stoned and left for dead. But he wasn't dead because he got back up. Now, you would have thought if you were in that position or I was in that position, we'd be taken off someplace. But not Paul. He walked back into the city that had just stoned him. Can you imagine that? Paul was fearless. But the disciples didn't want him to enter the theater. Now, why not? Well, it's probably possible, if not probable, that they knew that Paul had an exceptional ability to agitate a mob. In fact, if you read through the book of Acts, he's creating the problems all the time. And this mob didn't need any further agitation. That'd be like throwing gasoline on a fire. So even though Paul was fearless and he wanted to go in, he either listened to his brethren or they physically constrained him from entering into the theater. And eventually that situation was resolved by the town clerk. Now, by the way, a number of a couple of years back, our church family had the opportunity to go to Israel and, uh, and uh, with Dr. Fleming. Dr. Fleming is a brilliant archaeologist, historian, and, and so forth. And he mentioned something with regards to this event. And that is that there are some historical clues that this town clerk was a believer. And so this town clerk basically used his position of authority and influence to diffuse this situation. Sometimes God puts people into positions of leadership in either government or business or the church for a moment such as this. Like, for instance, Esther. Now... What do we learn from this example? That we need to listen to the brethren. Because our actions affect them. We need to obey God rather than men, leave the consequences in God's providence. We need to hold those accountable who hold us accountable. And we need to listen to the brethren. There have been in times, I was talking with a pastor a number of years ago, and he says, I'm so frustrated at this situation. He described the situation some some fundamentalist church in the Midwest and Bible Belt decided they had a calling from God to, to get the congregation on an airplane, fly to San Francisco, stir up a bunch of problems, get on the airplane and fly back and leave the problems with the local pastors 
and the local congregations. You know, we need to listen to the brethren because what we do affects others. Now, let's turn to chapter 22. Paul's returned to Jerusalem. He's gone to the temple, and his presence causes a riot. The Roman guards go into the temple in order to take him out. And the uh, people that were there raised their voices. I'm in verse 22 of chapter 22. Raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said, What are you about to do? This man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said, tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, yes. The tribune answered, I bought this citizenship for a large sum. And Paul said, but I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately. And the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and he had bound him. Roman citizens were, uh, were supposed to get due process. And this centurion and, and, uh, uh, had, hadn't, hadn't, hadn't done that. And so he was afraid because he could be brought up on charges himself. And uh, this is only the first part of the story, but the principle we can see here is that the Apostle Paul exercised his rights, privileges, and protections of citizenship. He demanded the full benefits of his position. And we are every bit uh, uh, as much citizens of this nation, and we should also exercise our rights, privileges, and protections as citizens of the United States. So the, the first principle is we must obey God rather than men. The second is we must leave the consequences in God's providence. The third is we must hold accountable those who hold us accountable and the fourth is we need to listen to the brethren. And the fifth is we need to exercise the rights, privileges, and protections of citizenship. Now, there's more to the story. In fact, much of the rest of this book of Acts goes on to tell the story of Paul's continuing imprisonment, his various courtroom battles, his legal strategies, and so forth. He's at one time brought into the court of Felix, who wants a bribe, and actually keeps him in prison for two years waiting for the bribe. Uh, the next judge was Festus, who determined to tend, send Paul back to Jerusalem. But Paul knew that if he went to Jerusalem, he, first off, he wasn't going to get a fair trial. Secondly, there was a very good chance he wasn't going to, even going to get there because there were assassins waiting to kill him before he got into Jerusalem. And so he exercised his right as a Roman citizen and appealed to Caesar. Now, the corrupt Sanhedrin court was a single authority over both civil and religious matters. The reason that our nation's founding fathers established a separation of church and state was that when either dominates the other, corruption inevitably results. Uh, this is true of the corrupt Sanhedrin that put Jesus to death 
and put Stephen to death. It's also true in many examples across Europe, such as the English Anglican Church, the Roman Catholic Church, the German Lutheran Church, and so forth. Our nation's founding forefathers wanted America's churches to be free, to be the conscience of our nation. And so they created a wall of separation that was intended to keep government from invading and controlling the church. To that end, the founding fathers established churches to be exempt from taxes. That's because taxes are a way of control. Now, in the months to come, you'll begin to hear more and more about churches losing their tax-exempt status. The real purpose for taxing churches is to place them under the government's control so that they can dictate what pastors and priests can and cannot say from the pulpit. The real purpose of this is to suppress the truth. Don't be deceived. So the first principle is we must obey God rather than men, leave the consequences in God's providence. We must hold accountable those who hold us accountable. Listen to your brothers. Exercise your rights, privileges, and protections of citizenship. You know, believers, as believers, we've got some challenges before us, and it's going to take faith and it's going to take courage to stand in the swift and changing currents of our culture. Um, as I mentioned before, every generation has had reason to believe that they might be the last. We have more reason to believe that than any previous generation. And God has placed each and every one of us at this place on the globe, at this time in history, for his purpose. And we're not here by accident. You are not here by accident. You're not even here in this sanctuary tonight by accident. People need to know about God's provision for their salvation. And there are people who are walking around in darkness who are desperate. And we need to, as a church family, be constantly uh, alert to and aware of opportunities where God brings people across our path that are seeking. And, and the Lord prompts uh, us to open our mouths. And when that happens, we open our mouths and we ask God to put his words in our mouths for that person. And that person hears the word of God through us. That's, we need to constantly be alert to the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit because Jesus Christ is coming soon, and we don't want to miss a single opportunity. If you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you. Uh, I can't even, that's an understatement. Encourage you to make the decision because when Jesus comes, it's going to happen faster than that. It's going to happen in the blink of an eye. It's going to happen as fast as lightning lights up the sky from one side to the other. It's not going to be time at that point to consider, think about it, make a decision. It's the opportunity's come and the opportunity's gone. You don't want to miss that opportunity. If you'd like to talk with me about that, I'm available after this service. Amen. Lord, we are so very thankful for your word. We are so very thankful, Lord, that what we are going through and what we will be going through, we're not the first, that your people have gone through what, what's going on before and that they can be an example to us. We thank you, Lord, for giving us your, your holy word. We thank you for giving us the book of Acts. We thank you for recording in that book of Acts these events that we've looked at tonight and so many more. 
Lord, we look to you and we look to your word and we look to your spirit for our guidance as we go through this life. And we're so very thankful, Lord, that you have given us your word, that you've given us your spirit, and that you've given us the promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. You know, I don't believe I've mentioned that this message or this series that you're hearing um, was preached back in 2016. My goodness, how timely that seems right now. You've been listening to Pastor Leighton Sheely, Senior Pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, with a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse. And if you'd like to encourage us with a comment, we would appreciate that. You can go to the website, highlands.us, and click on the comment link there on the homepage. Just mention Study Verse by Verse. You can also call and leave a message, or better yet, speak to someone. The number is 650-873-4095. That's 650-873-4095. This program is a ministry of Church of the Highlands, where Leighton Sheely is the senior pastor. When you go to the website, you'll see an updated personal message from Pastor Leighton, explaining all of the changes going on right now, and sharing the times when you can join the church for live services streamed each weekend. Have a safe and blessed weekend and come back Monday at this same time for more Study Verse by Verse.